All right. Well, tonight we begin a, a series of messages, post-Easter messages, uh, on the book of Proverbs. And this uh, series, over the next few weeks, is going to be called Living Wisely and Living Well, um, Studies in the Book of Proverbs. This uh, series is actually based on, going to be based on, um, a Bible study curriculum uh, that was published by some people over at ethicsdaily.com. I'd highly encourage you to go over there and check out that web page. Many of our great Texas Baptist pastors and theologians and others go and pin articles there and do studies, and you can glean a lot from them. So I'm, I'm taking some of the Bible study uh, compiled there and adapting pastoral license to it, obviously, and uh, basically forming my own, uh, my own study out of that. But living wisely and living well. Now, this is, the, uh, this is the kind of living that we're talking about here that most of us desire to have at some level, right? I mean, we, for the most part, desire to live well or wisely. Um, for instance, have you recently been to the Christian living section at any bookstore. It doesn't have to be a Christian bookstore. It can just be any bookstore. Have you seen how many titles there are of books in that section? It is a recurring theme. How to live well. It seems... <laughs> Boy, he's preaching too, isn't he? Uh, <laughs> uh, It seems that... <laughs> just the way it goes, isn't it? Um, it seems that every popular pastor or author these days has a book on how to live wisely. Now, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying they know their audience <laughs> and they know what sells, right? Otherwise, they wouldn't be writing on this subject. People desire to know how to live wisely. Yet, here in the treasure of God's Word, okay, we have a book about this very subject that, oddly enough, very interestingly enough, sometimes is different than what you may find on any given bookshelf. And we'll more on that in just a minute. It's different. The book of Proverbs can be life-changing and different. Joe Gregory, the great Baptist preacher, he once called the book of Proverbs, and I love this, he said, Proverbs is a guide about how to respond to life when you are in the sandwich of faith and real life. <laughs> I like that. Have you ever found yourself in the sandwich of, the faith, of faith and real life? See, most of what I read, most of what I hear today in, in terms of wisdom literature, it usually tells me about how little faith I have, right? If I just get a little more faith, then I'll finally be happy. Or it says you need to escape reality and then you'll be happy. 
right? Well, there's not much that I can find out there about the sandwich. I mean, you've got faith right here, but you've also got this thing called the real world right over here. And we're right in the middle. I mean, we're not talking about the great by and by. We're, we're talking about the dirty here and now. <laughs> How do you cope with that other than just saying, well, I need more faith, or I just got to get away from it all and escape? Christian escapism does not work. <laughs> it just will not work. I've tried it before. I can tell you stories about it, all right? Trying to escape and live in this nirvana, it does not happen. Thus Proverbs. So, that's what we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks. How to live well and live wisely in the sandwich of faith and reality. Real life. That's what Proverbs is all about. Now, let me give you uh, a few brief words of introduction tonight, because this is going to take us, obviously, a few weeks to really plumb the depths of Proverbs. Um, but you have the outline there on your, uh, on your prayer list. But let's talk about, quickly, two things that really get us introduced and, and get us primed and ready for a discussion of Proverbs. Um, so we're going to talk about these two questions and introductory information, and then, and then we're going to dip our toe in the water of chapter 1. So two questions right here to prime the pump for our study. Number one, what is wisdom? And number two, how do we get wisdom? These are two questions that Proverbs continually gets at. In fact, uh, I was reading, studying this past week, and I think, don't quote me on this, but I, if I remember right, the word wisdom is mentioned 44 times in Proverbs. Um, that's about 1.5 times a chapter on average. Okay, so this book is about wisdom. In fact, it's a part of a biblical genre uh, of literature called wisdom literature. Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, part of, some of the Psalms are wis could be considered wisdom literature. And so there's something about wisdom here that, that the Holy Spirit in inspiring the authorship of this book uh, wants us to explore and wants us to struggle with. So, question number one then to prime the pump. What is wisdom? Okay, let's start there. Let me just get a few responses from you. What is wisdom? How do you define it? Anybody want to take a stab at that? Ma'am. Knowing what to do and doing it. Okay. That's good. Don't be afraid of shouting out the wrong answer unless it's wrong. Okay. No, I'm just playing. What is wisdom? Experience, I think that's definitely a part of it. Good judgment and discernment, okay. A knowledge, okay. Knowing that a tomato is fruit, but not putting it in fruit salad. <laughs> <laughs> Only Ray Perkins could come up with that. He said that wisdom is... Knowing that tomato is a fruit, but not putting it in fruit salad. <laughs> On to the Bible. Um. <laughs> now, I've put on your outline some responses to this, because 
Um, wisdom, we don't really get a dictionary type definition of wisdom in the scripture. It, it, it's, it, we don't get this wisdom is X, Y, and Z, although we would really like that. So I've put some things on the outline there to help us kind of nudge us to see what wisdom is, especially as we explore Proverbs. And, and for one thing, I put on there, like art, we know it when we see it or when we don't see it. And oftentimes, we can recognize or not recognize wisdom. For instance, when a person who is inebriated takes the keys to go drive himself or herself home, we recognize in that moment, right, that is not wise for a person to do that. Okay? We can see that. We can also see on the other side of it, right, we say things like, that was a wise move. When we see somebody do something that we consider uh, wise. Now, I'm kind of an amateur history buff, if that makes sen any sense to you. Um, how many of you have seen the movie 13 Days? It came out about 10 years ago. It's about the Cuban Missile Crisis. That's one of my favorite movies. Um, I've gone back and read a lot about that time, and I'm sure for many of you, of you in this room who were Around at that point, that must have been scary to go through that. I can't imagine that time. But all of these advisors were gathered at the highest level of government, and their first response, do you remember, was what? The Soviets are sending missiles to Cuba. Let's go take them out. But what would have happened <laughs> if that had been the first response? World War III. Right? So you had 13 days of, of wrangling and, and messaging back and forth, and did he mean this, and I don't know if he meant that, and, 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 and finally they, they came to a place where wisdom Prevail. It's a fascinating study in history. Okay. Wisdom, we know it when we, when we see it. So even though the Bible doesn't come out at times and say, well, this is the definition of wisdom. Wisdom is this. Wisdom is tangible, however. It's, it's like you almost can touch it in the book of Proverbs. We also know something about wisdom from the Proverbs, number two on the outline, that Solomon who wrote and compiled most of the Proverbs, valued wisdom over riches and length of life. Isn't that something? If you go back and read 1 Kings chapter 3, you remember that story where, where God basically told Solomon, you're king now, you can have anything you want. What do you want, Solomon? What did Solomon say? I want a bunch of money. No. I want to live longer than any other king. Didn't say that. What did Solomon say? I, want, I need wisdom and knowledge, God. God said that. That's the right answer. <laughs> Way to go. Correct answer. So, so what is wisdom? It's something to be valued. More than money. More than length of life. 
We also know, number three, that wisdom from a scriptural or biblical perspective appears to be, and I I wouldn't even say appears to be, it is a gift from God. In other words, let me go at this at kind of a negative way and then get positive with it. When someone wants you to know how wise they are, is that wise? I'm just asking the question. Probably not. Why? I mean, that's a temptation for, for all of us is. Because we, we want to show we are wise, we have things figured out, especially about God and about the Bible. We got it. We're wise beyond our years. But are we really wise? That may not be wise because if we are wise where is the credit for our lives going to be directed? To God. Wisdom in the Scripture begins with God. Wisdom is not something we attain through our own intellectual prowess. You can't be wise by gaining a gadget, consuming a product, Wisdom is a gift from God and therefore needs to be reflected back towards God. In fact, number four, wisdom we see in the Scripture begins with a fear or an awe of the Lord. Proverbs 1.7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise Wisdom and instruction. Man, that's powerful. That's different. That that is way different than what the world is trying to sell us, isn't it? I mean, what does the world say? Be your own man. Be your own woman. You can be anything you want to be. You can be happy. Just do this. Buy this. Get into this network. Be this kind of person. Get this product. But the Bible says what? You want to know where wisdom starts? It starts by getting on your knees before a holy God and saying, God, I don't have what it takes. I need you. That's fear in all the Lord. So we know it when we see it. We know we ought to value it over money, over long life, etc. We know that wisdom is a gift from God. We know that it begins with fear in all the Lord. So with all that in mind, let me give a stab at a vague sort of definition of wisdom. Number five, wisdom may be defined as consecrated common sense that comes from a respect for biblical authority, prayer, and a growing Christian maturity. Wisdom may be defined, may be defined as consecrated common sense, a set apart common sense by the Spirit of God working in your life that comes from a respect for biblical authority, prayer, and a growing Christian maturity. Which naturally leads to the second question then how do you get wisdom? <laughs> Glad you asked, right? We're going to talk about that over the next few weeks. 
But let me set the tone here by giving you two statements about how we get wisdom. Number one, the Bible says we get wisdom simply by asking God for it. James 1.5 tells us that God is not an old curmudgeon about wisdom. I love that verse. It is so straightforward, even a pastor can understand it. James 1.5 If any of you lacks wisdom, let him or her ask of God to, who gives to all people generously and without reproach. There you have it. Word of God. In other words, God is not going to slap you in the face for asking for wisdom. <laughs> right? How dare you ask that of me? No. Go ask the other wise guru on the mountain. He'll give the wisdom to you. No. God says, just come to me and ask me. I'm right here. I'm personally involved in your life. I love you. Ask me for wisdom, and I will give it generously, liberally. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 7, 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it shall be open for you. Now, again, God's, Jesus there is not talking about us asking for a new BMW. God, I really want that. That may not be the best thing for you in your life right now. What, what we're talking about here is asking God about the things of God. The will of God. I'm asking for that, Lord. I need wisdom. I need discernment. I need good judgment. Help me. I can't get that on my own. And the, what the world's selling surely isn't wisdom. I need it from you. God says, all right. I can work with that. All right, now, all that to say then that, that the Proverbs are about that kind of wisdom. Now, there's a whole section on the outline there that I'm, I'm really not going to touch on here because of time. You can, you can read that, but it, it's just some very basic information about the Proverbs. They were written, gathered by Solomon. There were some others who contributed to that. Um, there are a, a number of parts of the, of, the, uh, of the Proverbs that are broken down. You have poetry in there. Um, <clears throat> different wise statements, you know, those two-line little sentence statements. Um, there are sayings of a man named uh, Agur in chapter 30. We'll talk about that later. And then chapter 31, the Proverbs or the sayings, the wise sayings of a man named King Lemuel. Um, okay, so that's a, basic, that's a basic introduction. So now let's stick our toe in the water here and look at Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. Now, this was mostly introduction tonight, uh, and then over the next few weeks, we'll go through um, the meat of, of the Proverbs here. So the first six verses of chapter 1. Let me read these. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction. To discern the sayings of understanding. To receive instruction in wise behavior. Righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the naive, 
to the youth knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase in learning, and a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel to understand a proverb and a figure, the word of the wise and their riddles. All right, so what we have here in the first six verses of Proverbs is basically a, um, it's a, it's thematic, it is a thesis statement. We get the purpose of the Proverbs here in these first six uh, verses. Now, let me look at these very quickly just to kind of give you a, we've got, we've got six minutes, all right, I can do this. Um, look at verses two and three again, all right, this is basically the purpose of the Proverbs. To know wisdom and instruction, to discern the sayings of understanding, to receive instruction in wise behavior. That is the purpose of the book of Proverbs. In other words, Proverbs is going to offer insight for the sandwich of faith and real life. It's going to give you insight into that. And this may be drastically different from insight that you're going to hear from what we would call the prosperity gospel, right? A lot different from that. Like if you give the church this amount of money, then you're going to get a new car, right? That is nowhere in the book of Proverbs. Far from it. In fact, it's probably opposite of that. Okay. And also, the book of Proverbs, then, as we hear in this purpose statement, this is not a how-to-be-happy book. Right? It, 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 this, is, this is not a how-to-be-happy book. This is a how-to-be-wise-in-the-sandwich-of-faith-in-real-life book. How do I handle that? How do I handle life when I face things every day from complex relationships in my family? Anybody have to deal with those? Right? Proverbs is for you. Okay. When I have to deal with something like that, all the way to when I am at the aisle at the grocery store, and I have to wait and wait and wait and wait in line, and I'm getting steamed. How do I handle that wisely? The book of Proverbs is all about that. To know wisdom. To gain instruction. In fact, that, that word instruction, this is all over this book, and that word in the Hebrew refers to rigorous disciplinary teaching. That's what Proverbs is all about. For me, when I read the word instruction in Proverbs, I think back to Mrs. Pemberton's freshman English class at Amarillo High School. Rigorous, severe, disciplinary teaching. But I learned English, my friends. I did. I made it through that class. It's Dr. Knight's elementary biblical Greek at Hardin-Simmons. These are the kind of classes that are made for those who took learning seriously. Do you know what I mean? Like if you were there just to skid by with a C, you weren't going to make it. <laughs> You would go up to your professors and say, is this one of those classes that you try to weed people out? And they would vigorously deny that, right? No, no, we don't do that here. Yet, instruction. 
That's the kind of instruction Solomon is talking about here. If you want to be wise, this book has instruction. It's going to be rigorous, vigorous, sometimes severe, but you will learn. That's what's coming. If you want to just sneak by, however, with a C in life and a C in wisdom, Proverbs may not be the right class for you. He goes on. In verse 3, to receive instruction in wise behavior. There's that word instruction again. And then he gives examples in righteousness, justice, and equity. This is what we're, where, where we will stop here for tonight. Let me define those words really quickly and we'll be done. This book is about gaining instruction in righteousness, justice, and equity. What do those words mean? Righteousness means right living in relationship with God. Right living in relationship with God. Not being right about everything. Right in relationship with God. Justice has to do with, in, in, the, in the biblical Hebrew here, it has to do with decisiveness that becomes a way of life. I am deciding to do the right thing no matter what. And that is the pattern of my life. In Solomon's terminology, that's what justice means. And then equity. Equity is a Hebrew word that means basically the opposite of crookedness. It has to do with roads. Very simple word, equity. We have an equitable road. It's straightforward. I could take you to one up in the Texas Panhandle, Highway 87 between Amarillo and Lubbock. <laughs> that is a straight road. <laughs> now it goes up a little bit. There's no wine, there's none of this. There's no driving around... Central Colorado roads, not equitable. Right? You're going up a mountain. Proverbs is how to live your life straight. Without crookedness. Zigzagging to the right and to the left because we're just being swayed back and forth. Kind of makes you want to study Proverbs. This is a book of instruction about how to live wisely. So over the next few weeks and next few months, we're going to talk about and we're going to pray about and pray for wisdom. All right, let's pray together. God, we thank you for tonight. Thank you for this study. Help us, Lord, to be wise. Give us wisdom. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, before you go tonight, let me make a quick announcement um, about Sunday, uh, Sunday morning. And some of the, the messages and sermons that are coming, I won't, I won't take long with this, maybe 30 seconds. But we're going to talk about the Great Commission Sunday morning. So I hope you're there for that. Uh, starting Sunday night, I'm going to start a new series of sermons through the book of Acts, talking about what is spiritual renewal, what is revival. So we're going to talk about that and go through the book of Acts. And then shortly thereafter, in a couple of weeks, we're going to talk about 
uh, on Sunday morning something that I call the Jesus way. How to become a peculiar person in today's world. All right, so that's kind of where we're headed with Bible study and sermons and that sort of thing in the next few weeks. So invite